What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Strive Tribe Podcast. As always, it's Nick and Devin. But today, we have a very special guest. Introduce yourself, bro. I'm Drew, Devin's brother. You guys can tell already. <laughs> um, but today, we wanted to bring on uh, my brother because not only does he have an athletic background, um, just like everyone else, he's gone through his own fitness journey. You know, everyone's journey, as we've talked about multiple times, is on a different path. Um, coming from an athletic background um, and playing sports and stuff, and we'll go into that, you know, and he, then he started a career and it didn't translate and, you know, his, his path wasn't seamless in his fitness. So we want to kind of go into that with him today and kind of show you guys as well that it's the same for everybody. You know, there is no excuse on, you know, you don't have enough time in the day, believe me. Um, but we're going to go into that a little bit. So I'm excited for this one. But I want you to start off, you know, tell them a little bit about your, your athletic background, you know, from like, from as a kid of, you know, us doing martial arts and stuff until, you know, all the way until high school. Yeah, so I've pretty much been involved in sports my whole life. Uh, main one was football. Once I kind of found football, I think maybe third grade playing Pop Warner, um, was just a love, love I had. Um, and I played think, it through high school. And I think that was like, to kind of like take a step back, like, you know, doing martial arts and stuff, and you've been athletic, we've done sports as kids, you know, we've done, our parents put us in every kind of sport you can yeah. think of. And, you know, I kind of took a lot of those roles and, and did them. And then for you, though, it was just, you were, you were, you're more definitely like the defiant, you know, yeah. like, I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I just remember like, the first season you played Pop Warner, it was like a light switch. Yeah, for you know? sure, but, for sure. No, yeah, I mean, martial arts, I didn't really, it wasn't my thing. I kind 100%. of, I do like um, team team sports, you know, that's kind of, I get in a groove with, you know, a team mentality more so, um, and football was my thing, and, you know, played football until I couldn't anymore in high school, uh, concussions kind of ruled me out, and then uh, found shot put and discus, which was fun, and then shoulder went out, so. I think I think you like football though because you liked hearing the the pads and the helmet hit oh, when you hit sure. each other. The clock. For sure, that was. I mean, it's fun, especially you see someone that doesn't see you. You can get a nice hit. It's just enjoyable. It's not. It's like, it feels like you shouldn't be allowed to be doing it. You know. Right. It's, right. Now I have a, actually I have a question that I just you know I wanted to ask and from not being part obviously like your your family. Did you guys? Because I know you guys have another brother. Did you guys all have a different favorite sport? Kind of like I guess yours was football. What was yours, Devin? Uh, I mean, martial arts. Yeah, mine was at martial arts and like fighting and stuff. But I mean, like I even did like the last. I think it was my senior year of high school. I did rugby. Yeah, I think my senior yeah. year. I did rugby. I liked it. Um, but again, like I saw it as more of like a recreational thing. Like I wasn't about to like drop you know fighting for that. Um, but for me, I liked rugby because. You had the aspect of football, but it was still a individual sport. I'm I'm more of an individual, individual sport person. person. Mm -hmm. Like with it's almost like football, except it's you have the ball and now your team kind of comes around you, but it's whoever has the ball is basically the the person that everyone's trying to tackle. Yeah. Um, and there is no real like plays or you can't really block the same in in uh, rugby as in football. Um, where for Drew, him being a team player again it once he did that it's not like it wasn't a violent sport and he just didn't like the violence of martial arts it was just a different different aspect he did really well in teams i am very competitive in the sense of 
if I'm given 100 and you're not, that believe me, I'm going to be on you because I hated losing, like, yeah. in general. Yeah, I think I enjoyed also, uh, you know, strategizing. You know, mm-hmm. like how you said, there's in rugby no plays. Or football, it's, it's, it's you know, all strategy. 100%. You know, it's almost a, a big puzzle. This isn't it's, working, let's do that. This isn't working, let's do that. Mm-hmm. This is working, let's keep with that. And I kind of thrive off of doing, finding a groove, you know, whether it's with a team or solo, but finding that groove and kind of, Going with it, and as you asked, the, the younger brother kind of was more so in a role like him doing solo mm-hmm. type of stuff. But yeah, I think I was the only one. Kind of football was my passion, still love it, but don't yeah. play it. But you know, and yeah, that's kind of how the family dynamic went. I kind of went my own path, and I mean, I think everyone does go their own path. I mean, even like our young, youngest brother Jake. I mean, he did do martial arts and stuff, but it was never. He never had the same like drive as I did for it. He kind of did it because it was one of those things where you had to pick a, a thing to do yeah. as athletics. And he was just like, well, I, I'm kind of good at this. I, I'll just do it. Had to pick your activity. You know, he's more of like the academics side. Yep. Um, and, you know, kind of going into that, I mean, how we both are individual in our, our desires for sports, right? Like he said he likes to do football because of like the strategy behind it. Like as a team, you guys strategize. Where for me, for like martial arts, even rugby, there, it's not that there's not strategy, but like I'm an on the fly kind of strategist. Mm-hmm. Like I like to just see what works, see what doesn't work, and then adapt by myself. And then if it doesn't work, I have no one to blame but myself right then. But again, that translates into your fitness journeys too. Some people also need like a set routine, like this is what you're gonna do. When then there's other people that are just like, I'm just gonna keep trying different stuff, see what works, what doesn't work. And again, there's no right answer. There's yeah. no right answer for athletics, there's no right answer for your fitness journey. The main thing is that you're doing it. Correct. Yeah. I think that that's one thing I struggled with um, during a fitness journey as well. I mean, back in 2016, 2017, possibly, um, I lost a bunch of weight. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always struggled with weight. I was always the heavier of the brothers. And so I lost a bunch of weight. And but I was more so seeking that like social media, um, you know, oh, take this diet pill, take this and follow this program. And it works for everyone. And I mean, may have worked temporarily, but as you've seen me throughout the years, it doesn't stick, right? you know, and that's just, I think an issue with a lot of people's journeys is they try to find that quick solution. They try to find um, that social media post, oh, you know, take this supplement and do this workout and you'll look like me. And that's not the case for everyone. And I think that's a a thing that I've always struggled with is saying like, oh, this person's doing that. I'm just going to copy that. doesn't work. I get discouraged. I stop working out. Right. You know, and that's just been a struggle that I've noticed. I had to kind of find my groove and see, you know, do it on my own time as far as, like, I had to recognize what was going on. I had to recognize, like, that I can't even look in the mirror right now, you know, and finally find a path that I can go and, and you know, follow that journey. Mm. So, I mean, I like that you said that. Like, I really like that you said that because it ties into – the foundation of what we were just talking about, like the sports thing, Mm -hmm. that not everybody, because what a lot of people do, um, they tend to do, is compare themselves, compare what they have to, what they think they have to do or what they have to follow for them to be doing the right thing. When it it comes down to that aspect, like you guys were looking for the sport that you love. You were looking for that passion that works for you. And then you stick to it. So same thing with what you saw when you were going through that. It's like, you know, since it's influenced by the outside and the social media and stuff. It's not what works for you, though. 
That's what I feel like a lot of people get stuck on. And it's like, everybody is different. I heard Devin talking to one of the members earlier. Honestly, I forgot the specific conversation. But he was saying that like his like 10% body fat is different than my 10% body fat. Because we're two different people, but we have two different bodies. So comparing like a, uh, a specific like detailed thing for me and him, two different people is not ideal. Yeah, you genetics know I mean? do do play a certain role. They aren't a make or break, but there is a, a physiological aspect to genetics. Like mm-hmm. that's where that like ten percent came in, where we could both look identical, and I could be at eight, you could be at ten. Mm-hmm. And again, we look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it really goes down into like that aspect, and it, it, it definitely is. It's not a one case fits all. And I think what's what's you know notable on what you were talking about of like you were even looking on social media and stuff. When, when we tell people to reach out, ask questions and stuff like that, like you didn't ask me for help initially. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen right away. It didn't happen for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I kept telling you, like, if you want help, that I'll give it to you. And then you're like, no, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And not, or like you just like, okay, yeah. And you never like really asked for it. And then it got to a point where I could see you were trying to work out, trying to work out, trying to work out. And then you just weren't. Then I started stop noticing it because you stopped doing it mm-hmm. again. But I didn't. I wasn't always around because I was in college and stuff. And then it was like one of those things where eventually you're like, yeah, can you actually, can you just write me something that's tailored to me? And then we adjusted it. And you having a brother that is, his life is fitness. Like, this is what I've made my career. Like, it was even, you know, a little bit of a struggle for you to reach out, you know? So it's, it's okay for someone else too, that doesn't have a brother, sister, you know, or a relative, or even a friend that's in the fitness field. Like, it's it's also one of those things where I had to realize, like, damn, it's probably not as easy for them to ask. Like, when your own blood was like, I'll help you, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But it's, like, that awkward thing because your own journey and your own fitness, like, you know, journey is, like, it's personal. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. And I think that's a big thing, too. Like, I think where I struggle is, like you said, the reaching out aspect of it. I don't know if it's a matter of, you know, accountability where it's, like, you know, you, 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 know, you write it for me, and then it's, I feel like I'm holding myself accountable for you right. versus where I need to get to a point where let me feel accountable for myself. Once I get in that mindset, now I could, Hey, like I'm mentally ready to be accountable for myself. Now let me see how I can get help because I'm focusing on me. I'm not focusing on a workout journey to make, you know, you happy as my brother or, you know, a, a trainer to be like, okay, I, I need to make sure I, I hit this to please them. Right. I don't know if everyone has that, but that's kind of something that I've always dealt with is like, I, I want to be accountable. I don't want to feel like, you know, right. my journey is to please somebody that is guiding me or helping me. You want to make it like a habit on your own time. Once it was a habit, it's like, okay, now I know this is something I'm going to be able to be doing or I'm actually going to stick to. Now it's like, okay, let's actually yeah. fine tune this and let's get the results from it. Yeah. I think it's, like I said, it might be an embarrassment aspect if like you spend all this time helping me and then I just stop. It's like, all right, like, what's going on here, you know? Right. But that mentality, I think, is a huge part of it. Damn, that's that's gold right there. That's major key because it's like, you know, the the purpose behind why you're doing what you're doing, like, on that, you know, starting and being on that that process, it's like, if you're not doing it for the right reason, which is for yourself, there's many ways and kind of easier in a way to fail and not stick to it because your 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 foundation isn't for the right thing mm-hmm. and i think that's like i'm sure a lot of people out there can definitely relate to that so that's, that's super helpful yeah i think another thing that sorry to interrupt you oh, yeah. but uh 
um, goals too. Like, you know, I think my first time where I lost a bunch of weight, that was my goal. Like, all right, I'm, I'm fat. I need to try to not be fat. That was, that was the goal. And then once I reached that point where I lost a bunch of weight, then I'm like, all right, cool. Then like I said, I stopped working out and it's like, I got very comfortable with what it was. And then, you know, four or five years go by and I look in the mirror like, well, what happened? Like, you know, what happened? And I feel like you don't really see it as it's progressing. And then all of a sudden you look one day and it's like, oh, dang, like it's really different now. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you got to pick up and I feel like you have to recognize that before you pick it back up and try to, you know, recognize it within. Right. And I mean, that's like, before we go into that, you know, to, cause there was that time where you did lose a bunch of weight and then, you know, you starting your, you know, your job and stuff that you obviously went the opposite way. Um, but I want to kind of like touch again real quick, like on what you were saying about how you were making it a habit for yourself um, before and, and not wanting to disappoint someone that's, you know, trying to guide you. It's also, I mean, Nick and I, like, we don't always see it that way for us. It's being on the other side. It's, it's weird. Cause it's like, dude, like, I'll, I'll help you. Like, let me help you. Like, fuck dude, like, let me just help you. And then, but at the same time, like we don't always see it through those, uh, those lenses is like, you know, yeah, I want the help and I need the help, but let me make sure that I can make this a routine in my life so that when I do take the help, it's actually not just help wasted, Yes, you know, but you know, I want to go into real quick, you know, I want to transition into your journey and that that up and down flow that you had um, when you started, you know, as an electrician. Like, what what changed in your life besides you know all of a sudden, yeah, you you were fat and then now you weren't. It's like mm-hmm. what what changed? Pretty much that, that you know when I lost the weight initially, I was you know at the end of college, you know during that college phase, and then you know I became a union electrician. It was five year apprenticeship, and construction sites aren't always the healthiest. <laughs> you know, place to be as far as, you know, they bring donuts in the morning, you know, guys going out for drinks afterwards and uh, lunch trucks and, you know, going out for breakfast burritos and uh, that sounds bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but falling into that routine, you know, five days a week. And then especially, you know, a, a big issue was going into a 40 hour hands-on labor filled job. The last thing I was trying to do was come home and work out. Because right. I'm exhausted from work. I was just, you know, sitting in classes, you know, six months ago, not doing anything except going to class, going to work out, going to class, going to work out. Now I'm doing 40 plus hours a week of physical hands-on labor. So I come home, I lay down, and once I lay down, I'm not, I'm not getting back up. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen, you know. And that was, so, I mean, the gain of weight was over those five years of the apprenticeship of just exhaustion. I mean, there was times where I try to work out, but it's a week and then either a you don't see results obviously in a week and then you're like you know what it didn't work i'm not gonna i'm not gonna continue this like i'm exhausted from this and that week didn't work why am i going to continue and that was kind of what allowed me to balloon back up to a weight that was just un unhealthy and i think there was like you know you you coping with like the stresses of the job you know and you know you growing into that role as well is like it transitioned as well like you took that work life home from the job sites of drinking and and eating unhealthy and brought it into like the household you know where you know i remember you'd be sending me pictures of like you know you grilling and drinking i'm like bro like the grill part was solid and then you and now you're like a couple beers deep it's like bro like this is like a daily thing like you know so that's that's one of those things where again you've transitioned 
noticeably from like that being your coping mechanism, your relax, uh, relaxing, or even like just your your leisure time to you know transitioning back into fitness. Like what what made you want to switch all that? There was personal reasons, you know, uh, me and the wife trying to start a family, and as you know, and you know, we we struggled with that whole thing and going through the whole IVF process, seeing how rigorous it was on her. Um, I mean, I was starting to work out, but didn't change diet, didn't change, you know, just like you said, bringing works, uh, unhealthy habits at home. Um, I can work out, you know, for however long and then go eat a bunch of pasta, go eat burgers and fries. And it's kind of not doing anything for me. Right. And once we started that process with her, the whole IBF journey, she had to go on a diet based off the whole procedure. And it was a high protein, low carb diet. And I'll say, you know what? I've been working out, you know, she's going through this. I'm going to support her. And I'm going I'm to I'm match, you know, the diet that they're asking her to do. I'm going to do that. And, you know, a little bit on that, I just noticed a change in just the way my body was feeling. And I kind of just told her, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to, during your whole process of this, you know, pregnancy and this whole journey we're going to go through, you're struggling, you're suffering. I'm going to make a change and actually focus on my diet, my workout, and I mean, being an unhealthy weight and trying to bring, you know, a family into this world. I just sat there and was like, I can't bring a kid into this world and be not taking care of myself. How am I going to take care of the kid if I'm not taking care of myself? And it kind of just clicked and allowed this journey, which I mean, probably been going on for about a year now. Um, what also helped too, uh, our cousin, Eric, uh, I think it was October. We did like a kind of like a Joe Rogan sober October, you know, uh, get a workout in every single day, um, you know, just watch what you're eating, drinking, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we did that for that month and saw drastic changes of just everyday workout, everyday clean diet and, you know, no drinking, you know. And uh, we kind of after that was like, you know, that was that was cool. So like now we just keep each other um, accountable every day. He has to text me what he did. And I have to text him what I did. And it kind of is like a, even though we're not working out personally with each other in the same room, it kind of is that, you know, having that buddy system to keep yeah. you accountable right. for what you're doing. Right. That, we've talked about that accountability system. Like it's, it's definitely, it's huge. It's people, don't, people underestimate having an accountability system like that, where it's just a simple text. Because then all of a sudden, if you text him, then you don't get a text later. You're like, hey, yo, like, what'd you do? Like, you know, exactly. And all of a sudden now they're actually, I didn't do anything. Like, I can't text them that. So then all of a sudden they go do that little run and do something, you know? So it definitely does help give that little edge on it. No, and there's times where I'll text him and he's like, oh man, I'm, you know, I'm still at work. I'm working at 12. And then, you know, all of a sudden he'll text me, you know, 30 minutes later, oh, I got a hundred pushups and I got this. And he's like, and it's a matter of, you know, making use of your time in, the, in, in those scenarios. You know, if you, he's stuck at work and he can't get home to go work out and, you know, that accountability of like, dude, well, I did this. And then it's, you know, he'll do the same thing. Hey, I did this. I don't feel like working out today, man. So he'll tell me, you know, dude, give me hundred squats, hundred this. Like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm gonna get something out of it, you know? And it's not just getting something out of it, but it's like, then after that, it's like, all right, maybe I'm gonna go in the garage and, you know, get even more of a workout in or something like that, which that helped me as well for my journey is building a gym in the garage. You know, my father-in-law has a gym, so he just has my whole garage set up. So my biggest issue with not working out was getting home after driving, you know, two hours from Long Beach and then having to get back in the car and go drive to a gym. 
building the gym in my garage helped me personally because now I get home, I make sure I don't sit down because I won't get back up. Mm-hmm. And so straight to the garage and, you know, get your, get your work in. Right. Now, how, um, um, how, from that program that you started with your, it was your cousin, right? Yeah. 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 So with your cousin, how big was the change um, that you see? And then even after that, you kind of continued it afterwards. In what way? Like physically, like my yeah. Like my, did you drop like a certain number? Yeah. So and then, then you kind of just went on. So a little yeah, a little before that. I mean, it's embarrassing to say, but I almost reached three hundred pounds. Like you know, I was up. But you're also tall too. Like yeah, people, people underestimate. Like when they when they say the only reason I say that is like because some people look at weight and again like me and Nick you know are might be let's say the same in body fat percentage but like I'm you know close to like 180 185 and Nick's like 135 you know I'm not 135 (laughs) (laughs) you know but at the same time like you know not him at 185 is going to be completely different you know so but it's one of those things where like your personal like you know, weight of almost getting to, to 300 for you was like way outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, for other people, you know, for me getting into like the mid, you know, let's say 210, like that's, I'm already way above my comfort zone. Like I think I've got one time to like when I was trying to bulk like 220. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember you, you know, like I was like trying to put on some size and like it was uncomfortable for me. 220 looked like him like closer to 300, but we also have like some inches in our height difference, yeah. you know? I don't even want to think or imagine how I would live trying to push 200. I would probably <gasps> like, <laughs> yeah. not even be able to move. But yes, I'm, uh, you know, I was in the 290s. And so, and after the whole, not after the whole journey, during this whole journey, I'm down to about 220 right now. So. That's huge, bro. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, and it's been, like I said, over, over a year mm-hmm. that I've been doing it, which the first time I lost weight, it was like, you know, dropping 50 pounds and like, you know, a very short time, you know, yeah. taking whatever diet pills I can take, you know, doing whatever this program is telling me to do as far as, you know, all kind of not maintainable type right. of type of workout, you know, and that, but that, that's kind of the, the um, changes that I've seen thus far. Yeah. And I, I didn't know the specific, not me, cut you off. Um, I don't know the specific numbers and the time I'm between that, but that's, that's crazy. That's really good. Yeah. Though. I think my issue is that, uh, I've told you about this before is that I get obsessive over the number on the scale and not my physical changes in my physical appearance. It's more like when I was first losing weight, it was number every day I wake up, I weigh myself three, four times a day. And you know, if I eat a meal and all of a sudden I see this, I'm like, Oh man, you know, it was just a matter of that's not a healthy way to, you know, be trying to maintain, you know? And so now I'm more so Try to look in the mirror and gauge it off that. Obviously, check in and, and weigh in, you know, but don't make it an obsessive thing. Like, that, that's what works for me. Because if I make it obsessive, it I becomes mean, unhealthy and unmaintainable. I mean, going to, like, when, when we had that talk about that, like, what were you doing? And, and finally, like, I, you brought it to my attention. And we had to talk about, you know, like, like the punish yourself mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, go into, like, what you were doing and then, you know. Yeah, so during this you know, journey I've been going through, it was uh, like, let's say I know I'm going to go out for a night of drinking or I'm going to order pizza. I would make sure that, you know, I run an extra two miles that day or, you know, do an extra X amount of sets with with whatever muscle I'm lifting, you know, and it was, I didn't understand it. I thought it was like, oh, I'm going to earn this. I'm going to earn this. And then talking with you, you were like, no, you kind of have a 
punishment mentality. You're kind of punishing yourself for what you want to do versus, you know, going through your journey and having your days where you could enjoy this, but not making that a habit to make those enjoyment days a daily occurrence. Right. And it's, and it goes into like that. It's not, not to say that you weren't doing something good. Like there is a point to like a punishment mentality, right? If you know you're about to go, you know, let's say eat a bunch of crap or go to Vegas for the weekend and you want to work out super hard this week, like by all means, but to make it a, a, a point where like anytime you're going to have something that is somewhat enjoyable, you make it a point to punish yourself before you can get the enjoyment, which makes it an unhealthy obsession just because you wouldn't go do that thing unless you punish yourself first. Like Then it was like, damn, like you had it. And then it's like, now you can't sleep. You can't do something until you punish yourself, mm-hmm. which Yes, the, you know, that whole like push yourself and you know all that stuff, it, it's good, but it became an obsession where it wasn't just doing it because like, you know, I'm going to do it because I want to. It was like, I need to do this so I can do this, Yes, right? And that's where it became unhealthy. It's like, I, instead of I want to go do this so I can do this, but shit, I don't have time today. You know what? I can't get in my run right now that I'll do a run tomorrow. That, that wasn't there. It no, was yeah. like, I can't go do X unless I do this. You know, no, hundred percent. So that's where it became unhealthy. And I, then when you're talking about it, it was like, and I was like, so does that happen all the time? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, so but what, what if you just wanted to go like out right now? Like, you know, uh, like, you know, the wife wants to go out to eat or, you know, drink or whatever. No, like I, I need to run before. Like, and I was like, oh, dude, like, you know, you can't, you can't live like that, you know? So, but again, like you, like that has definitely led up. I mean, your, your outlook on like fitness now versus you know when you first even got back into it is now definitely you can see it is a pleasure you can see that yes you do punish yourself and yes you do push yourself but it is again it's a reward just to work out right even you it's a reward to go through that punishment oh 100 it's it is now enjoyable versus you know making your workout feel like a burden or or, <laughs> or a chore and right. even that's a my workout routine you know I, I like to go you know in the garage and you know do my cardio and then I know what muscle group I'll be doing, but not, I don't like to have a set. Like, I need to make sure I hit X amount today of this weight or do X amount of rest. I like, you know, feel the body out, make sure I get the work in, but kind of make sure that I'm not, you know, if my shoulder's not feeling good today, I'm not going to go through a whole workout and hurt myself just because I'm telling myself, like, oh, this needs to be the workout today. Right. Now, um, uh, all the question from the person that I had asked of how much the how much was the actual progress like what worked for you like oh i guess like nutrition wise or like i know you got you started with your cousin about like just on a diet eating clean yeah for you what was that like kind of you specifically so me specifically i kind of started with what the wife was you know subjected to have was you know high protein low carb Mm -hmm. and then doing that i was like you know i'm gonna try the carnivore diet like this sounds super cool and I did maybe a week, and then I was like, I, I don't know. I, I, for me personally, I couldn't do strictly meat. I wanted some vegetables in there or some fruit or, you know, what I also got nervous with is if I cut out carbs 100%, this time I go to have a carb again, am I going to bloom back up? Because that happened to me before. Or I've seen it happen to other people where they go strictly meat, and then they decide to start putting some carbs in there, and then they balloon back up. And so kind of talking with the wife, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go strictly carnivore. I'm going to go ahead and incorporate some 
you know, vegetables, some fruit and, you know, some low carb stuff, but make sure that that's not a complete wiped out part of my diet. So pretty much, you know, greens, meat, and I try to do high fiber, like, uh, alternatives in the sense like you know for tortillas i get the high fiber ones the low carb ones and to me i enjoy those and those it, seems, it seems like it seems like a little treat and she found some hamburger buns that the same thing so it's more so being aware of of that and um you know having a bunch of pasta not having a bunch of rice just because for me my body takes that and balloons up it's not something that i could continuously eat and i mean portion control that, that was you you've known me my whole right. life portion control is a big thing and i'm just now able to not able to but focusing on like all right i'm full mm. i'm not gonna overstuff myself because that's been a big thing in my life i just oh this this food's good i'm just gonna load up right now but right now it's a matter of you know all right i'm, I'm full i don't need to finish all the food on my plate right now right it's okay to put it in the fridge and have it tomorrow you know and that's something that i had to mentally gain grasp of too you know mm. I, I i don't need to kill this entire plate mm. i don't need to go and you know get fast food and you know kill a whole bunch of food because it sounds good or it tastes good. It's actually understanding like I'm full. I'm good. Have it later. Yeah. You became more aware of like self, like you, you know, everything from your nutrition to, you know, your workouts to how we talked about your punishment mentality to your accountability system. Like you became more aware of yourself, what you needed to do, what worked for you. Um, and then there's fluctuations in that, but at the end of the day, you had your game plan and it, and it's been a journey of finding what worked for you, you know, from one aspect and then finding what worked for you on the next aspect and then kept evolving to where you are now. And, you know, for you, like you have, you built the gym in, in your garage and it's like for other people too, like I know they come straight here from work, they change in the, in the bathroom and then they go right to the workout. You get to find out what works for you. Cause again, you have a crazy schedule, you know, and it's not like you're making that an excuse, you know, for your nutrition. It's like, okay, prep before you're not making an excuse for your workouts. Like shit. Well, I can't, it's in my fucking garage. Like, yeah. How am I not going to not work out? You know, and then, you know, for your accountability system, like you're holding yourself accountable and, you know, with Eric, as well as like, you know, reaching out for help and talking with me and stuff. Again, that happens here and there, you know, when we go over those things. But again, like those things now that they're becoming have evolved. So it's like first find out one step of what you need mm -hmm. to do. Become aware of one step that you need to be aware of and then let it evolve. Let it snowball from there. But you don't need to know all the, the aspects of your journey right away. You don't need to know the full game plan necessarily. Yeah, because I think things do change during that workout journey, you know, and I think that it's hard breaking that once you find something that is working, it, you know, it may, like for me, my initial one was I want to, you know, lose weight, but I also want to, you know, lift and, and build muscle. But, you know, I was more focused on losing weight. So I was more focusing on, you know, cardio with, lighter lifting but then i had to get to a point where i recognized like okay like i do need to kind of change the ratio of what i'm doing you know right incorporate a little more lifting maybe a little less cardio and kind of you know my workouts from when i started you know a year ago are totally different than how it is now because if i would have stayed how it was in the beginning i i don't know if it would have stuck fully i don't know if the results would have been this i i don't know but like you said, I mean, it was allowing it to snowball and allowing it to evolve was the big thing. Because I think that's what a lot of people might have issues with is getting stuck in one routine and either being A, afraid to break that routine or B, you know, just getting comfortable in that routine. And then maybe results don't continue. Maybe you plateau and then you get discouraged and, and you stop. I mean, that's been an issue in my life is once I hit a plateau, maybe I get discouraged and stop. Maybe I just get, you know, 
comfortable in that spot and then doesn't maintain. And then I know you listened to, you know, our, our previous podcast, you mentioned it coming in here. What is one-liners, right? What is the best advice someone has given you? And what is the worst advice someone has given you? You don't need to like name names. Just give me what, what is the best advice and what is the worst advice and why? For, for a workout? Not for you. Just in, in life. In life. From work to working out to nutrition, whatever you want to be. Two best things in life, life advice. Hmm. Worst? Start with worst. Probably, I can't quote it word for word, but just, you know, not leaving a certain opportunity because you think that it, they think that it's best for you or, or, or whatever. It works for them. So, you know, oh, don't go, don't go do that. You know, you're going to fail because, you know, th- this, this worked for me. And to me, being afraid to take that step, I mean, because it works for them, you don't know if it's going to work for you. I mean, you really don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll add another word. Uh, I won't say this advice, but one thing that bothers me when everyone, you know, during the work, the, the this whole journey of, you know, where I'm at, is when everyone says like, "Oh, you're so lucky. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you're so lucky that you lost the weight. How, how am I lucky? Right. I've been working out. How am I lucky? Oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. You're so lucky. You you found a career and bought a house, and you're so lucky that you lost the weight. I mean, uh, to me, uh, that is. I wouldn't say worst advice, but that's just like the worst maybe compliment that you can give someone. hundred percent. That's, I mean, a lot of our logos, um, like a lot of our shirt designs, they have the iceberg, like, and it's not, it's not always like a clear iceberg, but it's because everyone sees that, that tip of the iceberg sticking out. And that's what you're talking about. Like the results, the, you know, the house that you got and everything like that. It's like, if they don't see the, the 90% of the iceberg that's under the water that you put in to get to that point. So, like, when you do give someone a, a compliment of, like, you know, oh, you, you know, they've given it to us as well. Like, you guys are so lucky. You guys are so young to be opening up your, you know, a gym and stuff. So, lucky? I said, really? Are you, do, do you realize, like, the amount of work and effort and stuff and, like, sleepless nights that go into this? It's like, how is there luck? But I 100% I agree with you, and I know Nick does, too. I'm, I, it's one of those smiles that that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I'd say the best is, I mean, it sounds very cliche or whatever you want to say, but to to be yourself and, and you know, truly do what you want to do if it's going to be um, positive in your life. But, I mean, trust in your process, you know, believe in yourself and be who you are because if you're not going to be who you are, chances are it's not going to last. 100%. That's, that's personally what I, I, I think. I like it, bro. You said trust the process. But, um, Honestly, I really want to thank you for coming out. I know we're about to do some work in here. Um, but I honestly, I, I know I kind of like blindsided you with like this. But at the same time, you know, I wanted to give you a, a huge like, I'm proud of you for the, the fitness journey that you've been on. Because like I see the behind the, the scenes struggles. And that's why I told Nick, I was like, yo, like, we should definitely like put you on right now. Like it's, it's one of those things where like your, your journey is literally what everyone goes through. But your journey is your own journey. Yeah. Right. But like it's i just want to say you know one i'm proud of like the work that you put in you know to from your career to the amount of you know changes that you've had physically and mentally um and you know baby on the way and everything like that but you know i'm proud of you i appreciate it thank you for having me on no of course bro i I really enjoyed that episode actually you know what i mean like there's things that i've learned too i'm like damn like you all going hearing all things that you went through and you guys going up i'm just like and I've I've been with Devin for a cool, yeah. cool, cool minute, and it's just it just gives perspective. Yeah, and and it goes back to it's our own perspective, 
at the same time of like, you know, kind of seeing like other people's. And it's, I like that, bro. And yeah. Hearing from that, it's like, I'm happy for you as well. And I know you deserve it because you put in the work. Thank you. I think a big thing too, last thing to wrap it up. I feel like a lot of people who are quick to, you know, criticize you when like for me, when I'm at my biggest, the people who criticize you, I feel like it's like the hardest for them to compliment you once you get to that that point too, which it's it's funny, but you know, it, it just kind of opens your eyes on, you know, a lot of stuff, but no, hundred percent. I mean, cause at the end of the day, like you being at your worst makes them feel better about themselves. Yeah. You know, and the, 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 no one wants to see you succeed. And it's like your internal feelings, whether it's like, damn, like, you know, noticing that it's like, it sucks, but it's like, at the end of the day, do it for you. Yeah. You know, do sure. what makes you happy and do Let it for you. Crabs in a bucket. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The crabs in the bucket. But appreciate you. Love you. Love you. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me. Too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's uh let's get to work. Yes, sir. Catch you in the next one.